the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition, Friday edition, the Cinco de Mayo edition of the Georgine Rice Show. And I have to admit, both Clark and I are feeling just a tad sluggish. Uh, we have uh, we had a Cinco de Mayo luncheon. It was a potluck earlier today, and I think both of us probably needed a siesta, but didn't get one. That's why we have your show. <laughs> we'll do it right now. Excellent. Well, several of our coworkers suggested that we <laughs> that we have our siesta on the air and encourage others to do the same. You know, we rush around in society. Maybe we should just invite everyone. To take a you know a couple hours and just take a nap, including us. Except it's rush hour. Won't that cause all sorts of yeah, traffic you problems? Need to pull over, but yeah, that would uh, that would not be good. That aromatherapy in your car and taking a nap and everything <laughs> not so good when you're on I five. No, although I five moves slowly enough well, that you could almost get away with it. <laughs> that's true. Anyway, we're glad to have you with us on this Cinco de Mayo. Uh, the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. And if you're just joining us for the first time on Fridays, we try to lighten up and focus on some of the lighter side of the news. Today, however, we're going to do that, but we're also going to invite you to help me help my nephew. Now, my nephew, who used to visit us at the station when he was just a little boy, he was the cutest little thing. And he'd come to the station and we'd walk through to my office and his dad would come and pick him up later in the afternoon. Uh, well, he is now six foot something, and he's going to his first prom this evening, or t- Saturday night. His first prom, he's got a date and everything. Well, I that's hardly, good. I can hardly take it. It's just more than I can, I can take. But nonetheless, I didn't make it to my prom. I think I've mentioned that before. Uh, Clark, you did make it to your prom. I did. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you later in the five o'clock hour if you can offer some advice. I'd like to be a sage. You You want me to give you some advice? All right. Well, (laughs) to offer some advice, um, things that he might want to avoid, and maybe you can tell us a little bit of your prom experience. um, But I'm already excited about going to the house. I'm not sure if I'm going to be clandestine or if I'm just going to reveal myself to take a million pictures of him in his tuxedo. Uh, with a girl and uh, two of his best <laughs> <a> friends girl. <laughs> going to prom. So you're going to embarrass him crazily. Is that what you're telling me? That's pretty much my job full time. So, mm. yes, that, that would okay. be my, my goal isn't to embarrass him, but I'm certain that as I'm gushing over him throughout the evening, I probably will embarrass him. Although so you're that's going not along goal. with them? Is that what you, you know, you're going to go sit at, to, sit at dinner with them? And <laughs> I tried to. May I cut in? An inv- <laughs> I tried to get an invitation. But it just did not work out. Uh So, no, I I can only be there when he leaves the house. And I'm not sure how that's going to happen. He'll be going out the back? (laughs) He probably will. He'll probably dress at a friend's house Hmm. because I have warned him that I'm very likely to show up. But I'm thinking the girl probably won't be with him at that point. I'm thinking he'll go to pick her up so I I won't get the full meal deal. Just kind of disappointing. I could stake out at the event and, you know, try to. Why don't you show up at her house? If I knew Just where be it waiting was, out there. if I knew where it was, I yeah. probably would. Anyway, I'm so excited for him and proud of him, and he's so cute. I got a picture when he was trying on his tuxedo 
uh, this past. You weekend. were there for that too. <laughs> no, but I did get a picture. Okay, I begged okay. my brother to send me a picture of him. And this is the first time I've seen him in a you know formal wear. Uh, so it was really cool to see him all dressed up and just, a, you know, he's a senior, so he's all dressed up. He's a grown man. And oh, my goodness, time flies when you're having fun. Well, today is Cinco de Mayo and we had a little celebration. And most of us We've have covered that no now. idea what that's about. But we had lots of food and that was all yeah. that I really cared about. Yeah. And I'm stuffed like a what would I be stuffed like a pinata? There you go. Anyway. Uh, and there were leftovers, too. I know. Which is amazing with this crew that well, there, there was would be so much food. There was tamales a, a, and enchiladas, bit of everything, and yes, fruit and something. All kinds I don't of chips remember. and yeah. dips, and I don't even know what the names of some of the things were. The world's green and red best and gold and, guacamole from Janelle. The uh, yeah, it was it was amazing. The office manager, was and amazing. I felt a certain degree of of obligation to try a little bit of everything yeah. because this was a potluck. My coworkers brought this food in. And for me to not have a little bit of everything, just it would have been insulting. It would have, it would have strained our relationships moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going what with. What did anyway. you bring? I brought fruit. Yes. Yeah. I, I know brought, you did. I liked it. Yeah, was, I brought some good melon in there. Fruit. Yeah, I went to Costco because it's really fresh. You know, they, it, they have such turnover. Things are pretty fresh. But I, it was the easy way out. I was really amazed when I looked in the, uh, the lunchroom how much was made uh, by people that, you know, they didn't just go get it somewhere. They homemade it and homemade it. Anyway, it looked really, really good. So I was a little embarrassed that I, you know, opened up a Costco container. But I was encouraged to bring Coca-Cola. <laughs> we didn't drink any of it. Well, well, actually, I think there was one bottle that got or one two liter bottle that got passed around. Yeah, we had kind of a frosty drink in margarita glasses. It, yeah. was, it was kind of a fun thing, the, the shape of the glass. And then they were. I'm not sure what what all you do. You it was some kind some, of lime drink. Yeah, it yeah. was it was very fun. We had music and videos playing, and um, from Mexico, it was very very fun. Anyway, looking at uh, some of Bet the your office isn't as cool as ours is. Probably not. We had decorations, <laughs> and it was yeah. it was very cool. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. I don't remember us doing this before. Have no, we? we never have. Yeah, no. One very of our cool. coworkers from our sister station, El Rey, came up with the idea, and we all jumped in and yeah. had a great afternoon. Uh, however, I may fall asleep at some point during the show. Could you kind of keep an eye on me and I'll do the same for you? Okay. Because I am i really am stuffed and uh, I, I could fall asleep at any time. Well, a man named Darth Vader, born shortly after the release of the original Star Wars film, works at a medical tech, uh, as a medical technician in Tennessee. His name is Darth Vader Williamson. Yes, his parents actually did that to him. Darth Vader Williamson. He's 39. He explained the origins of his strange name in a video that he shared at the hospital he works for in Memphis in honor of Star Wars Day, May the 4th, of course, be with you. He's worked there for more than a decade. He said, when I was born, my mother wanted me to be named Junior after my father, but my dad was a Star Wars buff, he said. He was so enamored with the character Darth Vader, the villain in the whole thing, that he was like, and I'm quoting, he was like, this would be one bad name for our son. Yeah, actually, it would be one really bad name for their son. Well, under the effects of anesthesia, Williamson's mother agreed to the unique name, which appears on his birth certificate and later 
uh, came to regret it. Afterward, she was like, and I'm quoting because I don't need to put like between any kind of a statement or quote. Uh, Afterward, she was like, "Uh, what have we done, Williamson said. Well, he told CNN that he had a hard time with the name when he was younger, but eventually grew to accept it. At first, I was like, man, what have all of you done to me, he said. But once I got through high school and the girls were digging it, I thought, I can use this to my advantage. So it took him all the way up until he got into high school. Since then, he says he's been able to remain low-key about sharing a name with the Sith Lord to the point that his two sisters roll their eyes at the idea that the name uh, was once a big deal. Well, despite his uh, laid-back attitude, some fanatics still ask for photos, autographs, and even uh, request that he attend Star Wars premieres with them to say they saw the film with Darth Vader. So if he can monetize that, he might have something going there. One of his uh, co-workers knitted him a Darth Vader doll. Imagine that, a knitted Darth Vader doll, which... He dubbed Mini V and described as one of his uh, most prized possessions. Williamson's is not um, particularly a fan of Star Wars, despite the name, stating he hasn't seen um, uh, many of the films beyond the conclusion of the original trilogy, Return of the Jedi. He also doesn't share his father's unabashed love for Darth Vader, instead preferring another villain from the series. Actually, my favorite character, he says, is the bounty hunter, a hunter rather, named Boba Fett. So Darth Vader had a great time. On uh, May the 4th, hmm. which is, I guess, Star Wars Day. Yes. May the 4th be with you. Two of our coworkers, James Blind being one of them, donning his uh, Star Wars shirt yesterday. Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> 16 minutes after 4 o'clock, you're listening to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back 21 minutes after 4 o'clock. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show on a fun Friday afternoon that happens to coincide with Cinco de Mayo, which we heartily celebrated earlier today. Well, a student dressed as a stormtrooper for Star Wars Day prompted the evacuation of a Wisconsin high school when a frightened parent saw the costumed figure entering the facility and called 911. So even though May the 4th is Star Wars Day, you have to be very careful how you navigate it. Police at the Awa Benam, I guess that's yeah, that how you works. It. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, near Green Bay, saw, say the parents saw the student going through a back door Thursday wearing body armor and a mask and carrying a bag. It's kind of a sad thing when that's a legitimate concern. You see somebody like that and you really do have to do something to make sure it's just a Star Wars costume and not something else. According to the police captain, Jody Crocker, he says the parents uh, did the right thing, given the suspicious situation and that any perceived threat, real or otherwise, can be taken, or rather can't be taken likely. School officials say that they will reemphasize the district's no-costume policy, so I guess it wasn't a sanctioned uh, costume. Fans have adopted May the 4th as Star Wars Day because May the 4th is a play on the oft-repeated Star Wars phrase, may the force be with you, for those of you who have just emerged from a cave. A Southern California gym is uh, bringing fitness to the geeky uh, by combining workouts with nerd-friendly interests like Star Wars. Because geeks want to be fit, too. It's called the Nerd Strong Gym in North Hollywood, was founded by Andrew Deutsch, who years ago sought to combine his interests in working out with his love of games like Dungeons and Dragons, which I am not recommending or endorsing here today. Maybe we um, grew up uh, uh, like you. Maybe we are were bullied too in high school. This is a gym 
But on top of that, it's a high level of geekdom, Deutsch says. The gym started as, uh, at Deutsch's home when he asked a friend to join him for workouts. I was very unfit and unhealthy, he says. And Andrew asked me to come work out with him, according to his friend. Well, the workout group soon grew to 15 people, leading Deutsch, Nets, and an acquaintance to found Nerd Strong. The gym's members pay $150 a month. Wow, that's a lot. $150 a month or $20 for a drop-in class to participate in role-playing workouts (laughs) themed after Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and even classic video games like Space Invaders. Oh, that one must be interesting. Oh, my goodness. Role-playing workouts. So maybe you do your aerobics with a lightsaber. I, I, I don't know. Guardians of the Galaxy, Star Wars, um, uh, card games, and others, Deutsch said. Gym member um, Lily Wyckoff described Nerd Strong as my version of Disneyland. You're surrounded by people who are excited by the same things as you. She said the gym helped her uh, with an important fitness component she was previously lacking, and that was motivation. You end up doing more because it's not, I, she stops. Uh, I have to run five more meters, she told the New York Times. It's, oh, I have to save this village. So she's motiv- motivated to work out. What would what kind of a gym would help me? I had a role-playing workout last night. My daughter... <laughs> yeah, my daughter got a couple of... Uh, she's going to start doing some ballet lessons mm-hmm. at daycare this summer. And a friend of hers, her mom, gave... Um, oh, a friend of my wife's, actually, has a younger daughter, too, and gave her... A couple of very lightly used leotards, which Aria will not let out of her sight. She has to sleep with them. It's the craziest <laughs> thing. Anyway, she's been having those. She's been wearing those at night when I get home, and she wants me to turn on uh, music so that we can do ballet dancing, which is basically just turn on any kind of music so we can jump off the furniture and twirl around in circles. I love it. And please, Daddy, pick me up. You know, so it's like thirty pounds, lifting her, tossing her around. Yeah. So, so this is kind of a daddy workout. It is a daddy workout, yeah. And you're motivated. We're pretending to play. We're pretending to do ballet, which is really just a lot of running around the house, screaming and laughing and everything else. So. Oh, I bet that's really cute. I think <laughs> what I would need for a role playing workout is it have to be in a bakery. You just <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's pull the donuts out, yeah. and you you know let's you'd... lift all the cakes. <laughs> well, role playing workout. Well, good for them. Good for them. Well, a brilliant blue color discovered accidentally by Oregon State University chemists will soon be the newest addition to Crayola's box. So if you're looking for the new color in that Crayola is featuring, it was uh, invented, discovered, if you will, at you Oregon know, State. I heard about this, but how do you invent a new color that you haven't seen before? I mean, it's a blue kind of it color, is isn't a blue, it? But, but they in- how do they go, oh, that's a blue I've never seen before. Well, I mean, maybe how would it's you not know? a blue you've never seen before, but it's a blue that's never been created before, which is different. You might have seen it, but you didn't know how to produce that color. Okay. We'll go with that anyway. Yeah. Well, the, the uh, crayon color inspired by the blue pigment known as Yinmen blue, Y-L-N-M-N, is the replacement for the recently retired dandelion crayon that we talked about some time ago. Well, this vibrant blue was discovered, as they're referring to it, discovered um, by Oregon State University chemists who were heating up chemicals in hopes of finding new materials that could be used in electronics. In what the university calls a serendipitous discovery, one of the chemical mixes came out of the furnace in a striking blue, the YLNMN moniker uh, comes from the elements that comprise the the thing and I can't I'm not going to try to pronounce the four elements that are that make it up but with the discovery of this particular brand new pigment um who other uh, than Crayola 
would be the best to bring it to life. And that is precisely what they did. Well, the crayon company told fans in March that the new color would be in the blue family, but offered few details of the actual color. Uh, says Crayola, they chose a color in the blue family because previous North American consumer polling showed the color blue time and again has been America's favorite color. That was my favorite color growing up. I don't know when it actually switched, but for most of my young life, that was my favorite color. An Oregon State University chemist discovered the color when his uh, then grad student, when he was a grad student, he said uh, that chemists in many ways have a lot in common with the children who will soon use the color uh, that is uh, that inspired this new crayon. Curiosity starts at a young age. As chemists, we are curious just like kids. And so now kids can uh, enjoy the uh, produce of their curiosity with a new color crayon. There you go. Cool. Yeah. I really like crayons. I, I love the way uh, the, the crayon feels when it runs across paper. There's something about it. It's a, a different kind of a waxy Feel, but I like uh, I like crayons. Well, a tourist attraction in China installed a, a creative measure to get guests to slow down and enjoy the scenery. Apparently, they were just walking too fast. Photos shared by the People's Daily show a series of raised speed bumps uh, on a pedestrian walkway in the ancient city, uh, water town of Zhaohuang province. The more than 50 black and yellow bumps earned an, uh, and sloped walkways by the name of Washboard Road. Uh, the area was built during the Qin and Han dynasties and is home in part of the world's longest and oldest artificial water course, uh, the Grand Canal. And while some believe the bumps were meant to slow down pedestrians, uh, others suggested that they have been in place on the slope to act like makeshift staircase so it's easier to make the ascent. But nonetheless, um, people do certainly slow down as a consequence, which, uh, which brings me to the speed bumps that are all over the city. I, I hate speed bumps. I know yeah. they're useful, and it's just evidence that we are lawless people. We can't be trusted to follow the speed limit, so they have to put something in the roadway to prevent us from going faster than we should. But what a, what a pain they can be in parking lots and uh, the streets that surround my home. They're too high. They tell you what the speed limit is, and you travel that speed limit, but it's the bumps are too high for that speed limit. They need to be mm-hmm. um, a little bit shorter. It's very frustrating. So you have to break before each one, and I don't know. It's just another thing to. They had those in our high school parking about. lot. Yeah. <clears throat> and when I rode the bus, <clears throat> we liked to sing, and I played my harmonica a lot in the mornings. And that didn't really uh, go over well with anybody. So the uh, bus driver started taking those speed bumps a little bit faster for the back of the bus. Uh-oh. Boom, we would hit the tops of the roof with our heads. Oh, my goodness. The explanation is, you need to keep it down. Not everyone's a morning person like you. Well, that that would do it. I'm still not a morning person, but back then... <laughs> You'll have to bring your harmonica in yeah, sometime. Uh, oh, yeah. 31 minutes after 4 o'clock, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show on a fun Friday, and we'll be back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back 35 minutes after 4 o'clock. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Clark Hilton, engineering today's program and otherwise chiming in. Hello. Well, pickle juice soda is fascinating. The internet, it quickly sold out. So if you were thinking about uh, uh, going online to I order was some, not. No. An Ohio-based candy retailer, Candy Pickles, I don't get it, mm. uh, said online curiosity spurred a sold-out uh, run of its latest unusual product, pickle juice Soda pop, carbonated pickle juice. Grandpa Joe's Candy Shop, based in Miamisburg, uh, announced the release of the soda on Friday in its Facebook page, and the store quickly ran out of stock when online orders started pouring in. 
If you're the kind of pickle lover who relishes all things pickle, this is going to be a really uh, a dill of an idea for you. Pickle Juice Soda Pop is here. The store equipped on its Facebook post. Well, the store's website is allowing the brine curious to add their names to a waiting list for uh, when the beverages are back up in stock. It seems to me all you need to do is drain your Vlasic pickles, put a little sparkling water in it. There you there you have Bingo. it. Bingo. Due to the huge response to pickle juice soda, they are saying you need to allow 10 to 15 business days processing according to their website. So pickle juice soda, if life is so boring for you that there's nothing left, pickle juice soda just might be the carbonation you need to move forward. Well, a martial artist who apparently wants to make a name for himself in Pakistan added to his collection of world records a smashing of dozens of coconuts using his head. <laughs> hmm. Why would you do that? I don't know. Those are hard. Black belt Mohammed Rashid set a new Guinness World Record for most green coconuts smashed with a head in one minute mm. by slamming his head down and bursting 35 coconuts. Now, concussion. he's had his 15 minutes of fame, but his concussion will remain for him, I'm certain, for much longer. In order to set the record, Rashid was uh, required to use his head to smash each coconut until they began to leak milk. So it had to be a legitimate uh, smash. Video shows the martial artist as he grabbed each coconut with both hands and sent his head crashing down with a mighty blow until they began to burst. The coconuts and not his head. Rashid is the founder and president of Pakistan Academy of Martial Arts and holds several other martial arts world records, including most drink cans crushed with an elbow in a minute. You just kind of wonder who comes up with this idea. They're just sitting around over dinner and decide, let's set up some coconuts and I'm going to smash my head. Watch into this, them. everybody. Yeah. I, who to whom does this sort of thing occur? One wonders. Well, a hardware store shop owner, which is redundant, but was a hardware shop owner, uh, couldn't resist buying an adorable little piglet at a wholesale market near his home. He, he liked the idea of having a micro pig, bringing it home and his family uh, cherishing the little thing. He thought he was buying an adorable micro pig to take home as the family pet. But boy, was he in for quite a shock. Well, the hardware shop owner, whose name I will not attempt to pronounce, couldn't resist buying the adorable little thing. It was a wholesale market. It was near his home. The 25-year-old was assured by the shop owner the black and white cutie was a pygmy pig and wouldn't grow much bigger. Well, he immediately paid about 70, whatever the unit of currency is, for the animal and proudly took the cute little thing home, where, after discussing it with his wife, named the female Animal Junior, because it was so diminutive in size. Well, just eight months later, and a couple, uh, and the couple from Bangkok in Thailand, have watched their beloved pig grow into a full-size 16-stone pig. Now, that's Mm -hmm. a British unit of measurement. Mm. I I don't know what the trade-off is, but the initial uh, domestic arrangements were... Uh, where Junior stayed on the pavement outside the shop by day, and then they had a uh, the little thing in their bedroom by night. That hasn't really changed, they say. According to the uh, uh, the man who bought the little diminutive pig, Junior is really intelligent and knows when it's time to go to work and when it's time to go to bed. I'm not sure what the pig does for work, but Junior's diet is almost human, too. His favorite uh, foods are crisps, I think uh, those are potato chips, yeah. and super clever pig can um, can even uh, open his own packets. I guess they come in packets there. Although his main meals consist of uh, dishes such as fried rice and sausage, all washed down with a couple of liters of Coca-Cola or on occasion Fanta. No wonder the thing is uh, about 
16 stone. The owner says many people come to the shop just to see Junior. And although I wouldn't have uh, bought him if I knew he was uh, going to get this big, I couldn't let him go now. He's part of the family and we love him. I thought earlier in the story he was a she, but that's a whole other subject for another day. But anyway, what a surprise that would be. You think you're getting a pygmy and you end up with a full-size uh, pig <laughs> who drinks Coca-Cola and occasionally Fanta. Mm-hmm. Well, a British rugby game saw the emergence of a new superstar in the sport, a Canada goose, that wandered onto the field and attempted a tackle. Hmm. Nathan Swarbick posted a video to Instagram showing the goose running onto the field Saturday during a play of a rugby football union national league game. Rugby's pretty rough, so it had to be a pretty brazen uh, thing to uh, to go on field, goose between uh, uh, these two teams. Well, the goose, rather than attempt to flee the violent sport, ran directly into the scrum and even appeared to attempt at least one tackle, which was nearly successful when it managed to tangle itself in the player's legs. Swarbick said the goose wasn't the first animal he's seen interrupting a rugby game. So this time last year, whilst videotaping an England country, uh, County's uh, U-20 game, a dog ran onto uh, the, the pitch during a line break and took the players out a year on. And this uh, happens, he wrote, with a bit of a smile. A dog, that's not uh, too surprising. They would run into the fray. A goose, on the other hand, a little bit different. A little strange, yeah. You know, virtually every week I, I find stories in which snakes are prominently featured, and this is no exception. Florida, uh, a Florida middle school student uh, is recovering days after being bitten by a snake while walking on school grounds. Now, I suppose in Florida that's not all that uncommon, but Devin Waxman, who attends a local middle school, uh, said he didn't spot the slithering reptile when it bit him on the ankle. Fortunately, it was not a a, a deadly snake. He says it was talking uh from th- uh, third period and was throwing my water bottle away and it made a sound and it bit me, said the 14-year-old, adding that the snake looked like a, a cottonmouth viper. It latched onto his leg and uh, he had to kick it off and run. He said Thursday, it still stings off and on. It's sore. I don't know when the pain is going to stop, but cottonmouths are common in central Florida. Their venom is potent. The teenager who uh, got two fang marks on his ankle said he considers himself very lucky because uh, his bites were dry, meaning no venom was injected, and that makes all the difference. I'm very grateful for that, he said, and that could have been very bad if it had went, gone the other way. The Seminole County School District has sent uh, warnings to parents and students to be on the alert for snakes. Animal expert Bob Cross said drought plagues uh, plagued uh, central Florida is pushing the cottonmouths from their normal habitat into more populated areas. And again, it's not all that surprising in Florida. But then I came across this story. You'd think if I was going to try to escape the possibility of encountering a venomous snake, where would you want to go? I'm thinking maybe Alaska. Well, a 17-foot python has been reported missing by its owner in a community north of Anchorage, Alaska. Is there no safe place? The 100-pound albino Burmese python is believed to be on the loose Uh, In the Meadow Lakes area, if you're happening Mm. to travel there, the albino Burmese python doesn't usually attack adults unless it's provoked. And notice it says it doesn't attack adults, but it could still pose a threat to pets and young children, according to the local animal care department there. Authorities have advised residents to keep their small pets inside until the snake is found. Alaska's cold temperatures may weaken the snake or compel it to seek warm places, and that could uh, mean moving toward a populated area. But snakes seem to be everywhere. You cannot escape them. And I actually found a um, 
the image on uh, online today of a snake. You've heard all these stories about snakes in the plumbing, and it comes up through the... Uh, and we uh, hear about that a lot on this show. Through the toilet seat. I actually saw a picture of one <laughs> Ooh. today uh, Ooh. where that had happened, and that's just such a frightening idea. You wonder how they get in initially, unless it's through an open drain or, or something. But anyway, I've actually seen an image for the first time of that very thing. Well, if you're trying to rid yourself of some sort of pest, you might want to give some careful consideration to how you you do that uh, because a Pennsylvania man tried to scare away some opossums uh, that were bothering him near his wooden house. Well, the row house blaze on Wednesday in Lancaster began when that very man used a butane lighter <laughs> to light a pile of leaves in his backyard. Well, he apparently hoped the smoke would um, would help rid him of the marsupials, which are known for playing dead. Well, the city fire marshal says the fire got out of control, spread to the home, which was built of wood. The building was condemned. Three people were displaced as a result of the fire, which did $50,000 in damage. A firefighter required hospital treatment for the shoulder injury. Officials say the man had problems with bees as well. We don't know. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. Guessing he doesn't have bees anymore because he doesn't have a house. So if you're concerned about snakes, opossums, bees, take care. 45 minutes after 4 o'clock, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. 49 minutes after 4 o'clock, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Well, a Komodo dragon has bitten an overly inquisitive tourist in Indonesia. He ignored the warning signs about getting too close to the enormous reptile. They can grow up to 10 feet long, by the way. Um, while, he was, uh, while the thing was eating, he approached it to get a really good picture. Those well, things t- are really scary looking. They're huge. Yeah. yeah, they are very frightening looking and apparently dangerous if you approach them uh, when they're eating, especially with a tourist from Singapore was bitten on his leg on Wednesday while taking pictures of this kimono dragon, the world's largest lizard. He was rescued by locals and rushed to a hospital nearby uh, on uh, Komodo Island for treatment. Endangered Komodo dragon are found in the the wild on several eastern Indonesian islands. They grow to uh, about 10 feet or more in length. Attacks on humans are rare, but they can increase as Indonesia is promoting the Komodo National Park as a tourist destination. In 2013, a guide and a park ranger were also attacked in separate incidents, and experts say that the dragon's population in the wild is less than, fewer than 4,000, but stable. And uh, apparently they, they will attack you if you don't follow the directions at the uh, at the park. I don't know why people don't follow directions. Don't get close to the edge. Don't get close to the animal. And yet people do it, and you have stories like that one. And then there are stories like this one. Police in Arkansas said that three men who were kicked out of a local watering hole uh, ransacked a nearby nature center, and they stole a three-foot-long alligator. Now, they weren't in their right mind, according uh, to the story. All three of them, they broke into the facility after being rejected or rather ejected from the local watering hole. They pro- uh, proceeded to trash the exhibit hall and walk away with a three-foot-long alligator. Well, they eventually, oh, I should say, the alligator, a replica rattlesnake, and a shotgun from a skeet shooting display that, by the way, was not um, loaded. Two of the suspects were ident- were 24 and 23 years old. They returned to the scene while police were investigating. A third suspect was later found. He was 24. Police initially suspected the alligator had been released, but they learned otherwise during the Friday uh, morning inventory search of the suspect's vehicle, which apparently had been transported from that location to the station. We believe the alligator was set free and most likely in the Arkansas River. However, to the surprise of the crime scene search unit, 
It was located under the seat of the uh, suspect vehicle. Definitely not something we see every day. He had a little bit of blood on him, so I think he took a, a bite of out of crime, said one of the police officers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, police said that they um, have still not recovered the replica rattlesnake, which is very convincing, and they wanted to warn the public because it, it looks quite real. Um, may have been tossed during the foot chase. He warned the fake snake is realistic in appearance, could give someone a scare if discovered unexpectedly. All three suspects were booked on charges of commercial burglary, theft of property, felony criminal mischief, all things that they probably would not have done if they were in their right mind, which is a good case for um, refraining from being intoxicated. Wow. And then there's this little guy. A toddler in Britain laughed in the face of a potentially dangerous situation after he locked himself in his mother's car. Hmm. He thought the whole thing was quite funny. The boy's mother, Christy Green, shared a photo uh, of the community fire station um, with her 14-month-old son laughing as rescue crews attempted to free him from the locked car. So I opened the car and the boot trunk and put Brandon in the car, placed my keys down in the boot, and unloaded uh, the thing for shopping Return to remove the child, but of course the key is locked in the car. Not having a second uh, thought about the keys, I closed the boot, could see that Brandon had climbed uh, into the front of the car, out of the car seat apparently, had been loosened because he was coming out, and happily playing with the steering wheel. While onlookers and rescue crews panicked, the unfazed toddler maintained a large smile as firefighters cut him free from the driver's seat side. Cut him free from the driver's Hmm. seat side? That doesn't sound right. Another happy and smiley customer, the file department wrote, quickly released from uh, uh, a vehicle today by our uh, crew after being accidentally locked in. The picture was uh, of the toddler grinning. With the disaster averted, they delighted in the bizarre story and thanked the uh, the crews for their help. Thank you for the amazing uh, work you did in rescuing my cheeky monkey after locking himself in the car today, um, the uh, mother said. He was clearly traumatized by the whole ordeal as he giggled his way through it. Well, it's better than uh, than crying because he can't. Uh, can't be rescued. Police say an unattended bag that led security officials to temporarily close part of the Cleveland Hopkins International Airport was in fact a guitar left behind by a man who couldn't afford the luggage fee to take it with him. A police spokeswoman tells the Cleveland.com that prosecutors will decide whether to pursue any charges against the 45-year-old man uh, from New York over bag abandoned Tuesday in a check-in area. So he didn't put it in a safe place. He just left it sitting there unattended. And of course, nobody knows what's in it. Some passengers were guided into safety zones away from that area while flights continued taking off and landing. The man was questioned and allowed to board his flight home after investigators determined there was no safety threat. He says that he's uh, sorry and that he didn't realize his uh, role in what happened until it was uh, all over and he was being questioned. So do not leave your bags unattended is the moral uh, of that story. These are, are different times and you can't um, just walk away any longer. And a boy's lost cell phone ended up in a New Jersey garbage dump and survived. Mm. Well, the phone uh, got thrown away at a high school uh, in a local township on Monday. His father in Philadelphia said that he used an app to track the phone and saw that it was on the move. Well, the signal led the family to the waste to energy facility in Camden. He suited up, started digging through the mountain of trash. He recovered the phone in 30 minutes, and it still worked. Workers were uh, close to the dump, um, uh, rather close to dumping the trash into a 50-foot high, uh, 25-foot deep pile of garbage. So he caught it before the dumping actually took place. It was still in the vehicle. 
Uh, they say that there's a little better than 50 percent success rate when they can identify the trash truck, which in this case they apparently did. So if that uh, circumstance occurs, you know that there's at least a slim chance you might recover whatever is being lost. They're calling this the Kardashian caper, or at least an attempt at a Kardashian caper. Uh, Customs officials in Arizona said a woman attempting to cross the border from Mexico, disguising some $45,000 worth of drugs in her backside. U.S. Customs and Border Protection said the 47-year-old woman, who should have known better, was a U.S. citizen from Arizona, was referred for further inspection Tuesday when she attempted to cross the border from Mexico to Nogales in a pedestrian lane. The woman was searched and investigators discovered she had nearly three pounds of the drug worth more than $45,000 strapped to her backside inside her pants. <laughs> Attempting to look well endowed, she ended up being <laughs> incarcerated. Well, the well woman, arrested. Yeah, exactly. The woman and the seized drugs were turned over to U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Homeland Security Investigations. I don't know why people think they can get away with that. but um, Somebody did it once, so let's try it yeah, again. Yeah, maybe so. Well, you know, you say, why do people think they can get away with it? You're right. How many people have, and this one just happened, to be caught? I'm not sure I'd want to uh, take use, uh, make use of the stuff, knowing how it was <laughs> So where did you have this stuff? Well, this week, Harvard University announced that its, uh, its library will no longer um, charge for books that are overdue. Now, some might assume that Harvard is terminating the fees because the school simply no, no longer needs the money. After all, the private university does receive billions in tax breaks every year. But no, finances had nothing to do with this policy change, uh, which was first noticed by the vigilant folks over at the Harvard Crimson. Well, the sole reason that this uh, once prestigious university, once in quotes, is waiving the charge for overdue books is because the practice is just too stressful for students. Expecting them to behave responsibly, to make a commitment and keep it, is just too much to expect. It's stressing the students out. Do you remember how old you were when you had a library? You got your first library card? I was a kid. I was a kid. Somehow I managed to check books out, Mm -hmm. bring the books back without being so stressed out uh, that they had to adjust the policy. And here we're talking about a prestigious Ivy yeah, League university the, uh, yeah, where the students are too stressed out to check a book out and then return the book. Well, that bears repeating. Harvard University students, whom the school hails as the brightest young scholars our nation has to offer, simply cannot and should not have to deal with the stress of overdue book fees. Wow. We have witnessed firsthand the stress that overdue fines have caused for students. Now, you know, granted, they're paying a lot of money to be there, but... Simply get your books in on time. Returning the books on time <laughs> or checking it out again can relieve that uh, that stress. Harvard administrator Stephen Beardsley explained, even going so far as to declare the eliminating standards overdue fine should help students focus on their scholarship rather than worrying about renewing library books every 28 days in order to avoid fines, because that is just too much to expect from the best and the brightest at Harvard University. So let me tell you, if you have kids at home and they've been to the library, they've checked books out and they've returned them on time, you have Harvard um, scholars in your household. These are kids who could be among the best and the brightest or perhaps have exceeded Harvard college students because they can somehow manage to do that simple task. Well, Hmm. it's an interesting thought. Hmm. Five o'clock, news and traffic. We'll be back.
You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the second hour of the Georgine Rice Show, brought to you in part today by Toyota of Vancouver. Clark Hilton is here engineering the program. James Blind is producing. I mentioned at the top of the uh, the last hour that my nephew is going to his first prom this weekend, and I'm very excited to see him in his tuxedo. And Wait a minute, his first prom or his only prom? It's, it's his first. I, I don't know if they had a junior and he just didn't want to uh, Do go they or... even do junior proms anymore? I don't know. Okay. All I know is my little baby nephew is now a grown man and he's going to a prom right before graduation. And I can hardly take it. Now, I've mentioned here before, I didn't make it to the prom, the junior or the senior prom. So I have nothing to offer him. But I wanted to give you an opportunity, if you have attended a prom, to tell us what worked, what didn't work, what you remember about it. I'd like to be able to offer some sage advice to my nephew. And uh, maybe your story might help me uh, prepare him. I'm certain he's just chomping at the bit to hear what I have to say about the prom, you know, as his aunt who's never been to one. But you can... (laughs) You can at least help me save face. Our telephone number, by the way, 503-786-9390, 503-786-9390. Now, my guess is you're some distance from your prom. Do you remember anything about it? I remember uh, in the run-up to the prom, everyone was saying, this is going to be one of the highlights of your life. You're never going to forget. I remember that the theme of the prom was, we may never pass this way again. It was a popular song at the time. I'm not sure, you know, after it's over a year or two down the road, it uh, it matters that much. But I'd love to hear your story. 503-786-9390 or toll free 1-800-845-2162, 800-845-2162. Now, Clark, I know that you went to your prom. Uh, is it as memorable as um, as you just nod your head? I know you need to take a call. As memorable as uh, you were led to believe? Yeah, I, you know, I enjoyed it. Whether it was the highlight of my life, no, <laughs> not even close. And if I'd missed it, I probably wouldn't regret it all that much. Yeah, no. I don't But it was it important at the time, yeah. really important. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we'd love to hear your, uh, your advice, your story, the prom or proms you attended. Now, my sister, she made it to the prom. Somehow I missed the whole thing. Again, our telephone number, 503-786-9390. Or toll-free 1-800-845-2162, 800-845-2162. There's something amazing about dressing up and uh, you and your peers, the boys in your class, they're all wearing suits. You're looking nice. It's a, a fun memory I'm sure a lot of people have, uh, and I'd love to hear your story. My nephew is going to his first prom uh, tomorrow night, so just looking forward to hearing uh, what you say have to say about the one you attended. I don't have a name here, Clark. Do you have a name for me? Yeah, it's not appearing on my screen. Let's talk to... Uh... Good afternoon, George. You're on the Georgine Rice Show. Hi, Georgine. You know me. Yes, I do. <laughs> I just have one word of advice. Stand tall. Stand I was, tall. I was, I was six, yeah, I was six foot tall when I was 13 years old. I was too shy to go anywhere my freshman year, but I went to the, I went to the junior prom my sophomore year. Again, my junior year, my senior year, so I got to go to three proms, and nobody knew that I wasn't as big as I thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> so my advice is just stand tall. Well, he's uh, over six foot, so that's good, adv- good advice for him. Now, do you remember he, much, about your, uh, uh, much about your prom? For example, do you remember what the theme was? What the theme was? Yeah. 
We didn't. It, it was before we could afford themes. We <laughs> we had some balloons and some crepe paper, and that was it. Do you remember the colors of your prom? Yeah, it was the same color. It was blue and gold, the blue same gold. colors as as we did for everything. I think what happened is somebody in the library ordered about thought they were ordering twenty pounds of this uh, crepe paper and stuff, and it turned out to be two hundred pounds, and we <laughs> used it for fifteen years. Oh my goodness! Well, at least you got good use out of it. <laughs> well, thanks yeah, so much. It was all the same. <laughs> thanks, George. It's good to hear from you. <laughs> bye bye. Bless y'all. Bye bye. <laughs> Oh, the prom. 503-786-9390 is the Portland number. 503-786-9390 or toll-free 1-800-845-2162, 800-845-2162. I'm always interested in finding out if you remember what happened at the prom, who your date was, what the colors were. Because if I recall, there was a prom committee that worked on that for for months and months. I mean, it was a big deal. You're on the prom committee. You decide what the decorations are going to be, what the theme is going to be, and that was a, a major part of it in uh, promoting that the uh, the prom was coming up. Now, you attended your prom. What do you remember about it? Uh, we were late, about two hours late. We got there for two the last... Two hours? Yeah, yeah, we got lost. We'd gone to gone to dinner at, um, at Harborview... Which was down um, on the waterfront. I don't know what it's called now, but it, the restaurant is still there, right down on the waterfront. And this is in the Portland area. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And then uh, we stopped by my grandmother's house because she wanted to see us. And I remember my grandmother. It was a hot April day of all things. It was April thirtieth, I think, was the date wow. of our prom. And uh, she had this fire in the fireplace going that just. You know, everything <laughs> melted. You know, I'm wearing this full dress tuxedo and, oh, yeah. So anyway, we had to get over. She lived in uh, not far from where you live mm-hmm. uh, in northeast Portland. And we had to get over to shenanigans on Swan yeah. Island. Yeah. And finding our way there, we just we kept going in circles. <laughs> and there was no GPS back no, then. No, there was not. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, we had a good time. Uh, for the 45 minutes or whatever that we were able to dance and all of our friends were like, where have you been? Because, <laughs> you know, the there weren't cell phones back then yeah, either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it was fun. We The dinner was nice. Uh, there's still some pictures floating around in yeah. my house somewhere. And do you did you wear accent colors with your tuxedo? Um, I think my um, pocket scarf was matched the pink on her dress. She wore a yeah. an all black dress with kind of a pink thing that came up from the bottom and flared out a little. It was uh-huh. it was pretty classy. So so pink. Yeah, but the dress was black. The dress was black, but your accents were pink. Yeah, yeah. So oh, and we like went to fun. a party afterwards and uh, went home. Oh, and we had to go through McDonald's afterwards through the drive-thru all dressed up because that was funny. <laughs> so you weren't really hungry, but it was no. just a thing to do. Yeah, to yeah. look ridiculous going through a drive-thru and... <laughs> Well, I can remember as an adult, you know, you're out to dinner and you start seeing these teenagers show up in all of their finery. Oh, yeah. Boys in tuxedos, girls in fancy dresses. You know, you're at Red Robin or somewhere and they're coming for dinner before the prom. It really kind of captures the attention of everyone in the restaurant because they know, oh, this is prom season and this is what they're doing. So I guess the advice from your story would be uh, know where you're going. Don't get lost. Yes, that would be really good advice. Yeah, well. I think I can pass that on. Now, my nephew's going with uh, two of his buddies. The three of them have hung out for years and years, I think since 
elementary school. So you've got three kids that that have hung out for many, many years. They're all going to graduate this year and going with girls who are all their friends and, you know, planning to have a really good time. But you you actually went to your grandmother's house. You can do that. You can request because my mother, see, listen to this. My mother lives at my house. So could I could I play the grandmother card so that my nephew would come to me and I could get pictures? You could try that, yeah. I could try that. No guarantees. But I'll have you to have my it. mother call though, because he'd be much more likely to come to see my mother than to see me. This could work. This could work. We're talking about the prom and whether or not you went to one. I'm hoping to offer some sage advice to my nephew. He's going to his first this Saturday. 503-786-9390. 503-786-9390. Toll free. 1-800-845-2162. 800-845-2162. My prom, uh, 1974. The theme, we may never pass this way again. I don't remember the uh, the color or the theme because I wasn't there, but I remember it was a big deal. I can tell you I don't remember our theme, but I remember that it was back in that time when uh, tickets uh, on printed on metal as keepsakes for keychains oh, and stuff cool. were being done. I think that they had done that originally with the Schnitzer when it opened up. Mm-hmm. That people I do who remember were, that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so this came, this was 89, so we had uh, these little keychains that were metal that were actually the tickets and then you could use them as keychains later it said shenanigans whatever it was and the date so yeah you still have yours i don't know i had it for a really long time i just don't know if it made all the moves with me over my career but knowing that i'm a bit of a hoarder with mementos like that it's probably in a box somewhere somewhere we're talking about prom and uh, would love to hear about your prom experience. 503-786-9390, 503-786-9390, or toll-free 800-845-2162. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back 20 minutes after 5 o'clock. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show as the clouds are moving in and our rainy weather continues, at least for a little while. Uh, I consider myself trans-species. That's the quote from a young man who is a fantasy fan, and he's transforming himself into an elf. He's spending about $25,000 on plastic surgery. That includes a full-body hair removal, skin bleaching, and a change of his eye color. Um, why, why would you do that? Uh, the fantasy fanatic has spent more than 25,000 pounds, I should say, on plastic surgery, as he wants to become a real-life elf, which is an oxymoron. There is no such thing as a real-life elf. Um, The 25-year-old from Buenos Aires, Argentina, became obsessed with the world of elves, angels, and fantasy beings after being bullied as a child, which is always unfortunate. He became determined to look like like his favorite otherworldly characters and started bleaching his hair and skin. He now has uh, a 4,000-pound-a-month ritual applying specialty cream, dyes, and treatments, and SPF 100 sunscreen since his skin's been bleached out. He has almost spent more than 25,000 pounds on surgery, including liposuction on his uh, jaws, his nose job, full-body hair removal, operations to change his eye color, which, by the way, risks the possibility of blindness. I was reading in another case. Uh, He gets unusual looks, um, but says he doesn't care what people think, although he was spurred into doing this because he cared what other people thought. Said he won't stop until he is fully transformed into an elf. He's planning surgery to make his ears pointed, hair implants for a heart-shaped hairline, and a limb-lengthening operation to make him six feet 
five uh, inches tall. And my question is, who would do this to him? Who would deform him in that way uh, just because he, uh, you know, he asked them to? The 25-year-old who sells um, cosplay merchandise, I don't know what that is, uh, says, I want to be an elf, an angel, and a fantasy being. My aim is to look inhuman, ethereal, graceful, and delicate. I have my own beauty ideal and want to achieve that no matter what. I want to have my ears cut to become pointy like an elf's, my jaw to look more sharp like a diamond, a facelift and an eye lift to give my eyes a cat-like shape. I'm also considered uh, considering having muscle implants. Um, <laughs> there's also a surgery to make you taller and I will remove four of my ribs oh. so that I can shape my waist to make me thinner. This is such a sad situation. And at the end, he's still going to be the same, the same guy, only he'll look different. And who knows how he'll survive all of those surgeries. Uh, he said, people have stared at me ever since I was a teenager. So it's very normal to me now. I like people staring at me and don't care what they think. Even when I'm not dressed uh, dressed up rather like an elf, people stare at me. I have uh, had long white hair for five years. I use larger contact lenses, and I'm very tall. I use makeup to enhance my features uh, so that they are more angelic and wear clothing that's more stylish or antique. I consider myself trans species. Yeah, self identifies as something other than human. Uh, in the same way transgender people feel, I need to become how I feel inside. I don't expect people to understand, but I ask they respect it. Rather a peculiar thing. It's more tragic, perhaps, than comical. Uh, If you've ever caught yourself thinking, she looks just like Sue or he looks like a Bob, a new study may back you up, back up your instincts about whether people's names actually suit them. In fact, people often do look like their names, perhaps especially those named Tom or Veronica, according to new research. I don't know why this research would have been conducted, but in the study, researchers found that people could correctly match an unfamiliar face to that person's name at a rate higher than expected due to chance, according to the new study. In two experiments involving 185 people in Israel and France, people were shown only um, color headshot photographs of 25 total strangers, and the researchers asked them to guess the stranger's name from a list of four or five name possibilities. Uh, A participant, for example, uh, who was shown a face and given four names to choose from has a 25% chance of guessing the right name. But in the study, the 70 participants in Israel matched the correct name to the face about 30% of the time. Uh, Still maybe by chance, but just a higher number. And when a similar experiment was repeated with the 115 participants in France, these men and women matched the correct names and faces about 40% of the time. Now, do you think you look like a Clark did you grow into uh, someone who looks like Clark when someone well, hears that name? Well, what do you name, think? I, you know, I don't... Or do I, I look more like uh, Pete? You know, do I look like Georgine? You look like Betty. <laughs> Maybe Francine. <laughs> really? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Betty? No. That was out of the blue. I'm just messing with you. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Uh, which names were some of the easiest to connect to a face? The study found that... French participants could accurately identify a Veronica nearly 80% of the time, uh, while Israeli participants could accurately recognize a Tom more than 52% of the time. The ability, if you knew the meaning of the name, maybe that would make a difference, but just the name itself. The ability to match a name with a face requires the reliance on existing name stereotypes, according to the study. Who uh, uh, The study's author conducted the research as a uh, doctoral candidate 
at Hebrew University in Jerusalem. When people attempt to match a name to a facial image, they may use personal, social, and historical information to get some clues. Uh, He says that he and uh, her colleagues and his colleagues and their findings published in February, the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology. I do know it's true that when you are in the process of naming someone, the image of someone who uh, bears a name that you might like or be familiar with that had maybe a foul personality or was especially favored, that can influence whether or not you use a name. But yeah. I don't know about identifying someone uh, by their name if you, if you don't know what it is. Now, when you were choosing the name for your daughter, was there someone that had the name that it was just out a name that you liked? Yeah, just a name we liked. And then it turned out that <clears throat> I think it was Game of Thrones or whatever, the TV show. Mm-hmm has uh, a character named Aria. And that's so, become very popular now. Yeah, it's spelled differently. Uh, our spelling is more the um, the term used uh, for uh, a song in Italian, opera, which fit with my wife's background. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her middle name is Joy, so she's Song of Joy. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's beautiful. Now, were, were there names that you... Uh, thought of that you definitely wouldn't choose because of people you've known with that name? No, there were names that uh, she liked and I liked that were not going to happen. She thought I sounded like a hippie with some of the names (laughs) I wanted. uh, Like Moonbeam? (laughs) No, I would have... There were a couple names I liked. Autumn, um, which she thought was dumb for a child born in February. Ah. But what does it matter? Or April, which she thought was dumb because February... Uh, I think she liked Emily. I'm like, ah, oh, not Emily. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the name. It's just really common. Yeah. I and, wanted something different. And then I think she just blurted that out one day and I said, oh, so there you go. And it stuck. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I know that um, my mom named me after someone who wasn't very nice, oh. but she really liked the name. Oh. And as it turned out, I had the opportunity to meet that person at some point years later as a teenager I didn't, you know, tell the whole story, but I did tell her that I was named after her, which... And my mom really didn't like you. (laughs) Well, she didn't... It wasn't that she didn't like her. She had been treated unkindly. So, anyway. Um, uh, Have you been to a wedding where something has happened a bit untoward and you just sort of cringe for the the couple because this is a big day, like, you know, kind of like the prom. It's a big day, maybe much bigger than the prom, but you look forward to it. A lot of plans go into it. Well, this bride and groom lovingly clasped hands with one another as the bride recited her vows to her husband-to-be. It's a precious moment. Um, While gazing into each other's eyes, the minister, who was dressed in a black and white dress, looked on and things seemed to be running rather smoothly. It was a female. But just as the minister announced the couple, our husband and wife, things took something of a grim turn. The minister suddenly spun to one side, uh, facing away from the crowd, and became violently ill. Uh-oh. Uh, the bridesmaid standing nearby seemed horrified by the sight as she gestured toward uh, the minister to render some aid. Both the bride and groom took a glance at the minister before continuing their vows to one another without a hitch. <laughs> now, some were critical. You should have stopped and you know made sure she was okay before continuing on, but... Uh, Some viewers were shocked at the casual approach of the bride and groom um, and the fact that they did not render aid themselves, although under that circumstance, I'm not sure what I would have done. But the minister recovered, stood upright, and was able to finish the ceremony. Hey, you may now kiss the bride. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think we'll wait and kiss later. (laughs) Feeling a little queasy all of a sudden. That would be very discouraging, though, at the end of a ceremony that you've been anticipating 
for someone, in this case the You know, officiant. I guess it is, but it's funny how as the years go by, some of these things just aren't all that important. Yeah, they aren't as the years go by, but when you're in the middle of them, that's probably a pretty big deal to the two of them. Yeah, they'll but, get over it, and they'll probably laugh. Yeah, they'll be laughing back. about it in five years about how hilarious it was. But when you paid five thousand dollars for the venue, you paid how many thousand for the dress? You, well, it's, it's not it's, like the minister threw up on them. It just was just in happened. an opportune time that it happened. That's and all. In an opportune place. Yeah. Thirty minutes after five o'clock, you're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. We'll be back. Oh, by the way, portions of today's program are brought to you by Zero Res. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. Is aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back. 34 minutes after 5 o'clock, you're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. Later, we'll let you know what the weather looks like for the next few days. We've gone from really beautiful 80-degree temperatures. Well, it was like a 20, 25-degree swing from yesterday. Yeah, torrential downpour, yeah. lightning, thunder, rain. But it'll warm up again eventually. Sometime <laughs> next week, we'll tell you more about that. Uh, later in the program. Hey, also, I want to remind you that if you have been thinking about traveling to Israel, we have a great opportunity for you to travel with other like-minded people from all across the country as Salem Media provides the Experience Israel Tour. This November the 1st through the 10th, it's a once-in-a-lifetime trip for most people to travel to the Holy Land with Genesis Tours and teaching pastor Sean Thornton. There are going to be 10 exciting days you'll tour Israel, experience the wonder of the Bible coming to life in the very places where the events that we have read and studied about uh, took place. You can go to kpdq.com, enter the keyword Israel for all the details and to register. Don't miss this opportunity to travel through Israel during Jerusalem's 50th anniversary celebrations. Again, go to kpdq.com, keyword Israel, and... uh, have a trip of a lifetime. Also want to remind uh, pastors in the area that KPDQ invites all of you to our annual KPDQ Pastors Masters Golf Tournament. This year's tournament is going to take place at the beautiful Langdon Farms Golf Club in uh, Aurora, just south of Wilsonville on Monday, July the 24th. A full 18 holes of golf will be followed by a delicious lunch. The cost to attend is just $20, but space is limited. So please register today. Again, kpdq.com. That's where we can hook you up for all kinds of things. Uh, And that date again, Monday, July the 24th, Pastors Masters Golf Tournament at the Langdon Farms Golf Club in Aurora, just south of Wilsonville. There's a a program that's been rather popular for many years, Dirty Jobs, and it focuses on uh, challenging work that people do all over the country, things that need to be done, but in the process of doing them, you get pretty uh, pretty dirty. Well, there's a new one that's uh, not taking place here, but in Bangladesh, there is the sewer cleaner. This is the man with the worst job in the world. The Bangladesh sewage cleaner has to dive into liquid filth to claw out blockages that occur in the system. Well, they dive down into a hole of sludge with their bare hands, um, spare a thought for this uh, poor sewer cleaner in Bangladesh who has one of the world's least desirable jobs. The man who is an employee of the Dhaka City Corporation has to unblock the city's sewer lines without any proper safety equi- equipment. He uh, often has to dig around underneath um, with only a long stick to help him uh, with no mask to protect him from the poisonous fumes and the su- that the sewer emits. And it's it's pretty full, so he Im- immerses himself, scooping out liquid um, 
Well, refuse with his bare hands. Uh, the worker has a thankless task of clawing out blockages in the uh, bustling Bangladeshi capital. Uh, Dhaka has a population in excess of 14 million and has recently been hit with major flooding causing, caused by some pretty heavy rains and insufficient storm drainage system. And despite the alarming rise in the number of deaths of these manhole workers, uh, cleaners are still not uh, supplied with sufficient equipment and uh, regularly have to enter the sludge um, shirtless and without a mask or any other protection to do this job. So this is officially uh, considered the dirtiest work uh, in the world that is done by somebody where it needs to be done. Well, there's been a debate going on, and it constantly rages among fast food fans. Well, now those fans are offering proof that the secret menus that we've often heard about actually do exist. We've been told that you can walk into a McDonald's or some fast food restaurant, and you can ask for these unusual items, and the person behind the counter will know precisely what you're talking about and make it for you. Well, fast food fans are flaunting their mouth-watering and very caloric orders, including the Quisarito, the Twix Frappuccino, and the KFC Triple Down. Uh, you've got the uh, Chipotle Quesarito. It uses um, quesadilla as burrito wrap instead of the plain tortillo. You've got the Twix Frappuccino that adds syrup, cream, and mocha chips to regular caramel drinks, and the McDonald's Land, Sea, and Air Burger that contains beef, fish, and chicken uh, all on the same um, burger. Well, some claim you can waltz into the branch uh, at McDonald's, for example, and um, get whatever it is that you order. For example, the land, sea, and air burger, as long as you ask politely. Well, others claim that the uh, secret menus don't exist, and you're likely to meet with a uh, be met rather with a blank stare if you ask for anything other than what's on the board uh, behind the till. Well, to prove them wrong, those uh, who are, say that they are in the know are flaunting their fast food creations on Instagram to show that um, you can, in fact, get your hands on the mythical creations such as the rather crudely named. McGangbang. Well, one even managed to uh, get one of the harder items to find at McDonald's, the Mc10.35, a combination of the uh, McDouble and a McMuffin, which can only be made between 10:30 and 11. Of course, now they serve breakfast all day here, but that's when uh, when the breakfast is served and the regular menu cross over in most other places. Then there's the Zinger Stacker. Uh, it's only available at Burger King in Australia, but can you order one if you know what the ingredients are and request it by name? Well, it's two zinger fillets, two slices of cheese, lettuce, spicy sauce, and chili relish. The zinger stacker. Not on the menu, but apparently you can order one. If you're a serious devotee of KFC, then the triple down is the meal for you. A chicken, bacon, and cheese sandwich that uses two more pieces of fried chicken um, as a bun. So you don't have the bun, you just have chicken and whatever you want in between it. I mentioned the Mc10.35, uh, but what about the apple pie McFlurry? That's a creation as well. And the somewhat, um, well, I mentioned the McBang, let's see, McGang Bang. It's on the secret menu. It combines the Mc, uh, McDouble with a McChicken sandwich and sandwiches the two together. Why you would want to do that, I couldn't tell you, but this is off the so-called Just call it the uh, triple bypass. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Then there's the uh, Monster Mac, perhaps more aptly called the Bigger Mac. Uh, this gut-stretching creation is simply a normal Big Mac, but with six extra beef patties shoved in. Oh. Really, does anybody really need to eat that? And how no. would you go about it? 
According to the Hack the Menu team, the burger is enough to satisfy a few people with hearty appetites or one hungry lumberjack and can be ordered from any McDonald's for $6.49. Wow. A normal Big Mac with six extra beef patties shoved in. I wonder if that extra bread is somewhere in there as well. Then there's the two cheeseburger meal. It does what it says on the on the sign. Uh, but if you ask for this, you can expect an extra cheeseburger alongside your fries and drink. That's not so unusual. There's the All-American. This simple offering uh, consists of nothing more than a toasted burger bun containing a beef patty, ketchup, and the often shunned gherkin. Uh, The snack is said to be one of the most popular items on the secret menu, but you wouldn't really know because it's a secret. Then there's the fries with Big Mac sauce. Customers can ask uh, for a small pot of the famous Big Mac secret sauce to dip their fries in. And according to one of the Hack the Menu members, it's usually free. I didn't realize it was a secret sauce. I thought it was just Thousand Island. Yeah, I don't don't know what it is, but Mm. I think you're probably right. Maybe with a twist. Then there's the grilled cheese. Now, this is easily the most basic of the secret menu choices. A hamburger is stripped bare aside from the cheese, and a thin grilled hackthemenu.com urges the importance of getting it grilled. So it's a hamburger stripped bare aside from the cheese, hence a grilled cheese sandwich. I mentioned the Land, Sea, and Air Burger, the enormous uh, burger that combines uh, three McDonald's most famous uh, patties, including two beef burgers, a filet of fish, and a McChicken combined um, with however many buns you might want. However, Hack the Menu warns that you will probably have to assemble it yourself. So essentially, you order three items, put it together yourself. Um, the Neapolitan Shake, this is the three-flavored shake in one uh, one of the few beverages on the McDonald's secret menu, the shake blends the three classic uh, flavors of vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry in one cup um, to satisfy your Neapolitan. cravings. Neapolitan. <laughs> Hence the Neapolitan. So I don't know why you'd need a secret menu, but apparently it exists. And the article that featured all of this actually had pictures, so you could confirm that, in fact, uh, hmm. they do have a secret menu. I would think there's enough on the regular menu to satisfy just about anybody, but who knows? I don't know. Well, grace to you with Dr. John MacArthur is KPDQ's Ministry of the Month for the month of May. You can tune in every weekday morning at 1030 to hear John MacArthur unleash God's truth one verse at a time. And keep listening for your opportunity to get a free copy of Dr. John MacArthur's new book coming next week. So keep your ears open for that. Uh, Next week, you'll have an opportunity to win a copy of his latest, his newest uh, book, Also, Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee has been broadcasting on KPDQ for 50 years, taking Portlanders of all ages on a five-year journey from the beginning to the end of the Bible. If you've hopped on the Bible bus for your own smooth ride through the scriptures, you'll know. If you have, it's letter month at Through the Bible, and they want to hear from you. Take a moment to let them know if you're uh, uh, that you're on the Bible bus listening on KPDQ, and they'd love to hear how it has impacted your life. You can go to kpdq.com, enter the keyword letter. That's kpdq.com keyword letter. And remember, the bus leaves the station at 7.30 a.m., 6.30 p.m., and 10.30 p.m., all on 93.9 KPDQ FM. That program has been on for 50 years. That's a very long time. In fact, one of our co-workers uh, went on something of a, an investigation to determine when did that program start here And uh, we actually started broadcasting the program on KPDQ the year it began. And I think that was 1967. That's the first year that the uh, 
that the program uh, was broadcast anywhere in the world. And it's been uh, going strong for 50 years, long after J. Vernon McGee himself has gone on to his reward. So in celebration and acknowledgement of that 50 years, we're encouraging you to take advantage of the opportunity during letter of the month um, to uh, letter month. Let them know. Is it letter month? Yeah. Letter of the month? No letter of the month. Send any letter. They Just want a to letter. Hear from you. Send uh-huh. the letter Q if you want. Anyway, go to 93.9 KPDQ keyword letter. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will wrap things up. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back for the final segment of the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. Wanted to switch to a uh, more serious story. It's kind of a follow-up from a conversation we had on Wednesday of this week with Roger Gannam. Uh, we, he's from the Liberty Council. And we were talking about Sandra Merritt, uh, who turned herself in to California authorities on Wednesday, I believe. It was that very day. Uh, and made her first appearance in criminal court to answer the 15-count felony charges for her undercover work in exposing Planned Parenthood, their unethical and potentially illegal profiteering. Well, I learned earlier today that after 12 hours, three judges, and $75,000 in bail, uh, she was finally released from jail on Wednesday. Uh, She turned herself in to authorities. She answered for those 15 counts. Before she was searched, handcuffed, taken away to jail, she and Horatio met uh, Miet, I guess, uh, the Liberty Council Vice President for Legal Affairs and the Chief Litigation Council shared the Bible verse, Psalm 37, 5 through 7, which says, Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because the man who carries out wicked schemes. Well, the state of California made it very clear that they will spare no expense to convict her and put her in jail for 11 years. However, Liberty Council is defending her and they're seeking dismissal of these outrageous and baseless charges, as was the case in uh, Houston last year. Similar criminal charges arising from the same recordings were brought uh, there in uh, in 2016. Uh, they were eventually dismissed there. The allegations say that uh, Merritt and David Delighton filmed 14 people without their permission between October of 2013, July of 2015 in Los Angeles, San Francisco, and the county of El Dorado. One felony count was filed for each person. The 15th charge was for criminal conspiracy to invade privacy in general. Well, rather than investigating and prosecuting Planned Parenthood, which donated thousands of dollars to the political campaign of the California Attorney General, Xavier uh, Bacara, who filed the charges against Merritt, claiming that um, her undercover video recordings violated California law. Uh, now, obviously, she is arguing in her, her uh Legal counsel is arguing that that is not to, to date, uh, the case. Rather, To date, no other citizen journalist or journalism organization has ever been charged with a crime for undercover recordings in California or uh, elsewhere. Uh, there is some, uh, uh, some risk in these charges. It makes no sense that a 34-year-old illegal immigrant, the very definition of a flight risk, is charged with rape, gets bail at $2,500, her attorney says. But the judge refused to lower the $75,000 bail for Sandra Susan Merritt. A 64-year-old grandmother who's lived in the same house for 41 years doesn't even have a passport, all because she gave Planned Parenthood a huge black eye. There is law and then there's abortion law, he went on to say. We're dealing with corrupt politicians in the state of California who have their hands in the pockets of Planned Parenthood. Matt Staver uh, said of the event, he's the founder and chairman of Liberty Council, Sandra Merritt did not violate any law and we will seek dismissal of these baseless charges. I think the message that uh, is being sent is, 
uh, cross Planned Parenthood, and it will cost you whether or not you're ultimately convicted. We will make your life miserable for whatever length of time we can before it's resolved. So anyway, Sandra Merritt has been released on bail, but they did not reduce that, which they had uh, her uh, legal representation had hoped. Uh, $75,000 is what was required to get her out of jail. Well, I don't know what happened, but a couple of days ago we had temperatures in the 80s. And then all of a sudden last night, who knows what happened? There was rain, then there was heavy rain, and then, of course, the thunder and lightning that some in our community, in fact, I live in uh, inner northeast Portland. One of my coworkers works out in Gresham, and he said they had quite a show. We didn't get uh, quite as much. I saw one very, very bright flash of light. I waited for the thunder to follow, didn't see, uh, didn't hear anything. So that was about it for us. But one might wonder what's happening next. Well, temperatures uh, were cooler today than the previous uh, pair of days. As a, apparently, there's a cold air mass that's settling in. That brought light showers most of the day. Uh, drier weather returns, however, tomorrow afternoon. At least that's what they're saying at the National Weather Service at the, at the moment. Showers and thunderstorms lessened overnight after Thursday's big show. Uh, there was a weak front approaching from the coast. It uh, brought mostly cloudy skies, light rain of up to a quarter inch in some areas, according to the online forecast. Temperatures uh, on Friday reached uh, in the upper 60s here in the Portland International Airport uh, with an 80 percent chance of rain and winds up to 10 miles an hour. It was a not uh, too bad a day. It was a, a bit mile. Uh, the nice weather uh, should stick around through the first half of the week before the, it uh, returns, uh, according to forecasters. So we'll have a little bit of a respite. Uh, The high today, about 61 on Saturday. They're saying few showers, a high of 60. So um, a fewer showers, a little warmer weather, partly cloudy uh, on Sunday and then um, 72 on Monday, 74 on uh, on Tuesday. So, yay, we're going to get a little bit more weather. It looks like we're going to just kind of ease our way into what will ultimately be our spring. So there you have it. Uh, By the way, the rain returns quite heavily on Wednesday and Thursday of Uh, next week with it developing on Wednesday and then very likely on Thursday. Taking a quick look at uh, the remainder, or I shouldn't say the remainder, of next week. On Monday, we're going to talk with Randy Newman. He's the author of Questioning Evangelism, Engaging People's Hearts the Way Jesus Did. So it's not questioning the art of evangelism. It's using questions in the process of evangelism. On Tuesday, we'll talk with um, Jaquel Crow. Uh, The book is This Changes Everything, How the Gospel Transforms the Teen Years. On Wednesday, Randy Frizee will be my guest. What Happens After You Die? A Biblical Guide to Paradise, Hell, and Life After Death. And on Thursday, we'll talk with Charles Dyer. He's the co-author of Clash of Kingdoms, What the Bible Says About Russia, ISIS, Iran, and the End Times. So we look forward to uh, talking with them about that. And then on Friday, uh, we'll lighten up, as is our practice. Once again, the weather is uh, going to continue to be a little bit wet for the next um, oh, few hours, and then uh, things are going to get a little bit warmer. A few showers on Saturday, partly cloudy on Sunday, but the warm weather, ah, it's coming. That's on Monday and Tuesday. I want to thank Clark Hilton for engineering today's program, James Blend for producing and engineering a portion of today's program, and thank you for making The Georgine Rice Show part of your day. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at GRice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.